I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. Where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything school HQ across the way, somewhere in Knoxville, Tennessee, as well. It's Locked On Balls and Ball Quest own Eric Kane. Eric, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Yeah, doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. Um, before we even get started with uh, my Volk-related questions, Eric, now that you spent another week with the VolQuest folks, what was your favorite travel VolQuest travel story uh, to Orlando this past week? Um, I, it's not really a travel story, um, mm. but man, Brent Hubs, he would cook us dinner every night. You know, we ate okay. out a couple of nights, but about four or five nights that we well, about three or four nights we were there. Man, Brent would cook, and he cooked steak and chicken and pork chops one night. Man, it was um, the dude can cook, so um, okay, yeah, we, we we weren't hungry throughout the week. There you go. I uh, I like it. I like it. Um, Eric, the biggest. This is uh, you're not gonna believe this, but a lot of people are talking about Nico Yamaliava uh, no. coming out of the Iowa Citrus Bowl. Um, the biggest flash for you from Nico's performance, his first start in Tennessee Orange, was what, sir? You know, it wasn't really a, a flash, to be honest with you. It was, um, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, throws where you're just like, man, wow. Like, look at that. Like, I remember in the orange and white game back in the spring, you know, pocket collapse. He rolled out through to Ethan Davis on the sideline on the run. And I'm like, wow, that's a play. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have any of those. And, and that's okay. Yeah. He didn't have to be Superman through the air. I mean, Tennessee ran for 230. Um, he ran for 50, you know, 51 yards minus all those sacks that he took. He ran for three touchdowns. I think my biggest thing was just the way nothing 
looked too big for him. Nothing mm-hmm. seemed to rattle him. I mean, he was running for his life. He was sacked six times. Uh, that defense was really good, despite Tennessee whooping it up a little bit. And again, like the score, I mean, Tennessee whooped that tail, but I mean, Tennessee's offense still punted seven times. Um, you know, t- t- James Pierce gave the offense two touchdowns, essentially, right? You know, with this mm. big six and then uh, first and goal from the four. And so, you know, really, the offense didn't do a whole lot, but it was in control of that football game. And, you know, that defense, long winded, kind of get back to what I was saying, that defense is still pretty stout, but nothing phased Nico. There was no pre snap mm. penalties. He ran the offense well. Tempo was about as good as I've seen it all year long. And he was just in control. He looked like a guy that was ready. And uh, that was my biggest takeaway. Um, it was going to be a long offseason if Nico went out there and threw a couple picks and didn't look very good. Um, it was qu- quite the opposite. He had a pretty good day. And so I walked away really impressed. Yeah, it was like, because remember I, last year, everyone was all up in arms over Joe Milton's performance in the Orange Bowl. Again, or Yeah, the Orange Bowl against uh, Clemson. Yeah. And Britt and I talked about it on the pod afterward. We were both like, I don't know if people watch the same game, but like, yeah, he had a couple open shots to Ramel down the right-hand side. That was kind of, it was very sports centery in some of the bombs, but there were a lot of three and outs. There were a lot of bad sacks. The offense definitely didn't look as fluid as it did uh, during the Hendon Hooker uh, time under center. I think what we saw from Nico was like a blend between the two where yeah. I don't think we saw like Pete Kendon Hooker. We might never see a quarterback have that kind of year that he had in 2022, but it was a blend of look, man, Joe, I don't know how many sacks he would have taken based on the way that game had unfolded uh, in Orlando, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be more than six based on what we saw there. And the net, like his ability to navigate in the pocket was what flashed the most for me is just that like hypo you can see and he's pretty jovial after in the presser and he's joking with nico you can just tell there is something to having a quarterback you know can do stuff when things break down and joe i look good dude good teammate all that when things like when they change things in the middle of the year it was you're going full robot you're doing it like this is where we're going to go and it won them uh eight games and it worked to an extent you're up on alabama the half like they found a way to utilize joe the best they could but you still need that running element you still need that guy who can just create and put a whole lot more pressure on uh opposing defenses because you just don't know what he's going to do and nico was just a natural runner and i just i did not think we were going to see that many design runs and nico just being that comfortable running the football and i I just i think tennessee's offense to be a top 10 scoring offense again in the country they have to have that you know you go back and um you you watch nico in high school and Mm -hmm. a lot of times he was kind of running for his life um yeah he was creating and so it wasn't a huge surprise whenever he got in the game against virginia whenever he got in the game Mm -hmm. against um UConn and some, you know, he appeared in four regular season games prior to the bowl game. Didn't see a lot, an awful lot of them. Don't get me wrong. But when you did, you saw him move out of the pocket. You saw him step up in the pocket. You saw him take off and run. And so kind of coming into this bowl game, you knew that was a strength for him. You knew that um, just his awareness, you know, the you mm-hmm. Madden, Madden ratings, you know, back in the day and you go and look at the awareness. I mean, Nico's kind of through the charts and mm-hmm. you can tell that he was coached. Well, you can tell that. He's repped this time and, you know, over kind of kind of coming into college. And um, that was something, again, that was just kind of on full display. And I think that's going to be 
a real asset for him and Tennessee's offense, you know, moving forward into 2024. I mean, the 200, you know, 50, 300 yard, you know, passing games, those are going to come. Um, those mm -hmm. wild throws are going to come, but when things aren't going well, when things are breaking down, still the ability to move the chains and give yourself another chance. I mean, I think that's what Nico brings that mm -hmm. Hendon could do yeah. that Joe couldn't. And, and kind of to your point, and I'm with you, man. I mean, those two quarterback runs for, for, for touchdowns, the design ones, the quarterback mm -hmm. sweep and uh, the, the draw, and that was awesome. It was blocked up well. Dylan Sampson, Cam Seldon both had some good blocks on those runs. Um, you, you didn't see those called, you know, for the previous quarterback. And so yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see kind of what this all looks like behind a veteran offensive line, some weapons at receiver, and uh, some young, exciting running backs. Well, I have some questions about the receiving room in a second. But um, in terms of the biggest worry based on what you saw, is it just the offensive line? Is it, hey, um, and this is something that I just don't think is going to go away. And, you know, the general's quarters, they're very excited about Brew McCoy being back. But still not a lot of open dudes, not a lot of flash at wide receiver in that game, not a lot of streaking wide open receivers. They took one total deep shot in uh, in that game. Um, so we didn't really see Nico. And maybe that was just the offensive line stuff. Maybe it was receipt, like not trusting the receivers. I don't know what it was. But we uh, that's another element that we did not see really at all um, this year that we saw a year ago. I mean, what what to you is the biggest worry for his first year as a starter based on what you saw? Well, I, I do think the wide receivers um, that took a step back in 2022 and coming into the year, man, I missed on that. I, I thought Tennessee's wide receivers are going to be just fine. Um, mm. You lost a Blitnikoff award winner. You lost another third rounder receiver. Like I knew all that. But, you know, having brew back, knowing what squirrel could do. I bought in 110% to Dante Thornton. And I still think there's a lot with Dante Thornton that he just hasn't done yet. I think he was playing out of position. Mm -hmm. He was starting to come around a little bit there towards the end of the year before his injury. But point being, I mean, you lost those two. You lost Brew after five games. Dante Thornton never showed up. That room really disappointed in 2023. That's got to get a whole lot better in, in mm -hmm. 24. And I think Brew is going to be just this nice, calm presence. Um, you know what he can do with the ball in his hands. He knows this offense. He knows the why behind this offense, not just what to do, but why you're doing it. Um, Chris Brazel, and again, we got we to be careful because mm -hmm. myself included bought into the hype of Dante Thornton last year, but I do think Chris Brazel is kind of the real deal. He's he's proven he's he's done a whole lot more than what Dante Thornton did coming into Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I like his skill set. Um, I like Squirrel. I like the, the young guys in the room that are being added and Mike Matthews and and Braylon Staley. So I'm excited to see how that group can respond. So that that group has got to get better. I guess my biggest concern would be you got to figure out who's going to play where on the offensive line. Um, you know, with that new ruling that allows transfers to transfer again, mm. you know, we'll see by the end of the week, exactly if any other former transfers lead Tennessee's program, that's always a concern, but you are bringing back a veteran group up front. That's good. Um, but those tackles struggled uh, in, in the in the um, in the Citrus Bowl. Mm. Who's going to play guard? You know, is it going to be Jackson Lampley, who has a whole lot of confidence after playing the last couple of games of the season? Could it be a freshman to come in? Could Tennessee get somebody out of the transfer portal to kind of finalize that offensive line with a with a lot of veteran tackles, Javante Spragans, Cooper Mays, and, and and all that? But Tennessee's got to block better for Nico next year than they did in the than they did in the uh, Citrus Bowl, and, and they will. I mean, again, Iowa is a pretty stout front seven, but that would be a concern. Just trying to figure out who is where on the offensive line, 
and protecting him better in the, in the past sets. That's fair. Um, to bring it more towards the receiver. So now Brew is officially back. A really horrific injury, and that my dad saw when we were in this. Uh, we were at uh, the South Carolina game. Like, oh no, that's bad, bad. And it was one of those where you're like, oh, this is way worse than. It. And then everyone realizing, just, uh oh, this is that's it. Uh, season's over. Like, I don't know what's happening for Bruce. So it was, it was tough. But you look at last year's room, and we talked about it. Like, we were a lot of us were wrong about like what kind of drop off there would be, if any, um, because hey, Ramel and Joe. They did had had a lot of rapport in the second team and they've thrown together. They shined in the orange bowl. That should be, that should be fine. Ramel should make the leap Uh, squirrel with a full slot roll. He should make the leap and squirrel was good for the most part. Um, wouldn't say he's elite. I wouldn't say he, I mean, he wasn't like just putting fear in just every defensive coordinators, uh, just feels like Jalen Hyatt was the year prior, but he was solid. He was solid. Yeah. And then brew solid. Great blocker, did a lot of help uh, on the screen game here for Squirrel, especially early in the year, but not really, he's not a Cedric Tillman, like he, Cedric Tillman was someone you could target 25 times against Pitt, and he could go and just make it work. It's crazy to say, but like, he was, Tillman was just really undervalued um, from what Tennessee was uh, two years ago, and I understand he was banged up, but like, Tillman popped, and he's an NFL receiver, Jalen mm-hmm. Hyde obviously popped. There wasn't an NFL receiver, I don't think, in this group. And I don't know where Brew will be after next year. But I think the Tennessee fans who look at the return, and we'll see what he looks like coming back from this kind of injury. If you're starting Brew again, you're starting Squirrel again in the slot, and maybe Nimrod or Caleb Webb at the other side, or Chris Brazel. We'll see how Chris Brazel. But I don't think you can pencil in guys like that anymore based on what we just saw with Dante Thornton. Like, this offense is hard to learn for receivers. They clearly, the staff loves guys who've been in the, been with this program for a long time. I don't know that it's a slam dunk that the receiver room makes a big leap next year. Because for me, I have 2025 circled where I'm really, really high on Mike and I'm really, really high on Braylon. They'll probably have a much bigger opportunity and role as sophomores. I think their upside and ceilings a lot higher. I don't know. My, I just. Do you think that's fair to just still be pretty cautious about the talent and what Tennessee is going to bring for Nico in twenty twenty four in the receiver room? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Again, like I, I've already said a couple of times, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not giving up on him. Um, yeah. Again, I, I mentioned the, um, you know, the with the new ruling. That- One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
transfers can leave again. You know, that's something to watch as the week goes on, you know, uh, through Friday. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but guys like Dante Thornton, who mm-hmm. did not have the year that he wanted, Tennessee goes and recruits another outside wide, wide receiver. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, well, you know, he could be looking to try to get out. So my point is, um, I, I still think that there's a lot that he can do. I mean, he's got an NFL skill set. So mm-hmm. we'll see what he can do down the line. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was bought in 110% for him. And he didn't show up. I thought, from what I saw from Ramel Keaton stepping up, and he did such a fantastic job in 2022, that he was going to do that and maybe a little bit more in 23. Mm -hmm. And, man, the writing was on the wall when he dropped that bomb in the Virginia game from Joe Milton. It was like he never recovered, and he had just kind of a down year. And then when the injuries hit, and I thought Chaz Nimrod did a pretty good job, but, I mean, Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb are not Javante Payton Mm -hmm. or not Cedric Tillman. And so, to, to be you know, optimistically cautious, I think Mm. is very fair because a lot of people, myself included a little bit, just thought, oh, well, it's hypo scheme. He's going to scheme people wide open because he's done it for two years. Well, his first year, he had Bayless Jones, Cedric Tillman, Javante Payton. Those are pretty good players. Bayless Jones hadn't done a lot in the NFL, but he's in the NFL. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cedric Tillman's there. Second year, he had Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. And then this year, you didn't have either one of them and you lack that explosiveness. So yeah, you know, to see if those guys can come around and how much does that have to do with quarterback? You know, we'll see. I mean, we will see. Can Nico yeah. elevate that group as well where Joe maybe couldn't? I still think these are answers we're going to find out in 2024, but to be cautiously optimistic, for sure, I think that's very fair. I'm just going to I'm going to get Kelsey Pope's number and I'm just going to text him every day and be like, Mike needs to be in the rotation. Mike needs to be in the rotation. Like, put Mike in the rotation. Uh, because I just... I don't know. It just kind of scares me. Uh, I, the what they're going to start, and they like their three. I just, I don't know. We're going to see. I'm very, very curious how the wide receiver room unfolds. Maybe it's a spring battle for uh, Thornton and Brazel, where whoever wins out in the spring, and it's clear that they're going to be um, the uh, the other wide starting wide receiver opposite of Brew on the outside. Maybe the person who loses that battle, then they leave in uh, the spring portal window. Maybe that's how it un- unfolds there, just to at least give a full off season here to see how it uh goes between the two of them because they have such a similar skill set and there's just you're not going to play a whole lot barring injury and yeah. Tennessee dealt with a lot of injuries um at that spot obviously this past year so that is something weird that maybe helps this room is that look injuries happen and they can show hey like we like these guys he might be ahead of you right now but things happen this f- football is a violent sport and you could easily step right in steal the job do great and never look back um because if you do prove it, they will ride these receivers mm-hmm. um, long term. So I think that's a that's a positive. We talked about the portal. Where else should the Vols target uh, in the portal to you, uh, Eric? Where, where do you think they haven't hit that you're like, mm. and why is it safety? <laughs> yeah, so you look at safety, man. You got Andre Turrentine that I think you're feeling pretty good about. Um, yeah. You know, he was not great. He wasn't bad, you know, and um, no. made that play in the Iowa game and um, thought he did some good things against Georgia, ironically, with Georgia and how good it yeah. is. Um, but you got Andre Turntine coming back. Um, man, I'd love to say John Slaughter is a guy you can count on, but we saw him play four snaps. Which was we your favorite of the four? We Say what? Which was your favorite of the four snaps that he played? There's a lot I don't of even remember. Stuff. It was a flash in the yeah. pan, man. Four mm-hmm. snaps and a 35 to nothing win in the, in the mm-hmm. I think you want to say Iron Bowl. 35 yeah. nothing win in the Citrus Bowl, um, which is ridiculous, man. But they love John Slaughter. and mm-hmm. um, But we just 
you know, as reporters and fans, we don't know what to expect because we haven't really seen him play. Mm-hmm. So you got him and, and you got Jordan Thomas, who's probably going to play at the star, but he can play safety as well. You need to attack safety to your point. You need to go and find another safety, in my opinion. Uh, you, you did with Jaco- Jacoby Thomas. Um, Jermon McCoy is a corner that I think is going to play a lot, and I, I like mm-hmm. his upside. So going and looking at the defensive back, but um, man, I would I would offensive line. You know, depending mm-hmm. on if a tackle leaves this week, probably need to go get a tackle. But right now, it's all guard. You need mm-hmm. to go in and find a guard. You need to go and find a guy like an Andre Carrick who came in and you know was a was a body and you know started the first couple of games of the year, but really at a a position to where there was a hole and there wasn't a whole lot of bodies. Um, need to go in and find a guard. And so I would be pinpointing safety. I'd be pinpointing guard. And I mean, you already took tight end. Of course, it would be great to add another tight end just because you need those bodies, but you don't want to run anybody off. You know, you don't want to make Ethan Davis mad. So I would say safety and guard is still where I would be evaluating and try to add to this team. I'm very curious if boot plays right away. Because I think Boo is like one of those guys, because you had to hold on and fight for so long at the end, especially at Colorado and Michigan early, my gut tells me he's going to have to play. Like Boo is like the linchpin of a lot of this stuff that Boo is just going to, because you're so thin there, that's the one where Tim Banks, because he's coaching safeties, he's going to have to play the young guys. Like John Slaughter, we know, is going to, barring injury, will be one of the starters in the back end. And I don't worry about Turrentine, like anyone who looks at it. Wesley Walker, three-star transfer in from Tech. Uh, I don't think any Tennessee fan thought he would be in every di- like just playing a unbelievable amount of snaps and also being like the PFF best graded uh, DB for Tennessee last year. Yeah. Like no one saw that. And he became like a consistent player. Like I, he deserves credit. Like Jalen McCullough had a good year. So it's not like we're against the results. It's just more of like, Hey man, those bodies are going to be out the door and you're yeah. just, I don't know. Like Brent and I were talking about it. Uh, I think last week, but I just think there's a, path to the Tennessee back three what, what, between Thomas the two Thomases and a totally new fresh face John Slaughter who did not play at all at the other spot where the back end for Tennessee is the could be the worst in the Heupel era like it just because of inexperience because it's a big move up for the MTSU kid I, I Jordan Thomas we'll see if he can stay healthy for a full year like Christian Charles obviously never been able to stay healthy in that spot Danico's out the building I don't know. I it, it really worries me. I would feel a lot better if they added another portal safety. And I don't know who that is, but I just, I think it, it's just something I've penciled in of like Tennessee fans, uh, just get ready. Cause this is something to monitor uh, next fall. Well, it's funny because for the last three years, not all fans, but a lot of fans yeah. have been, you know, calling for Tim Banks, job, calling for Willie Martinez's job. And, you know, saying the secondary is awful and the secondary is terrible mm-hmm. and bitch them all and start over. Well, here you are. I mean, yeah. you were starting completely over. Slaughter mm-hmm. gone, Haddon out of eligibility, Turnage gone, Warren Burrell gone, um, McCullough gone. You know, McCullough graduated, Walker gone, you know, McDonald gone. I mean, it's you are starting completely yeah. over, and so you know a lot of that I think is is a good thing because I think you, some of these younger guys are more athletic, yeah, you know, quicker. They just like experience, and mm. this a lot of coaches. These two coaches and Tim Banks and Willie Martinez in particular love what they know. Yeah. And that's why McCullough and Walker and McDonald and these guys played so many snaps because they knew where they were going to mm-hmm. be. They knew their deficiencies, but they knew they were going to be in position every single time usually. And so that 
you know, really kind of had a downfall effect for John Slaughter, who might be better athletic, athletically, but he might not know the entire playbook right now or not, not might not be as comfortable in the scheme right now because he's a true freshman. So you go with what you know. And so mm-hmm. anyway, man, I, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I think that's obviously the biggest storyline outside of Nico going into the season. Brand new defensive secondary. Who's going to be where? You like Ricky Gibson a lot. Who's going to play the other corner? Who's going to be those two safeties? Is Jordan Thomas healthy? If not, what's your backup plan? Um, and, and I think it's worth noting, too, that group has gotten better and yeah. better and better every year. They're not world beaters, the defensive secondary, but they've gotten a whole lot better in three years with Tim Banks, Willie Martinez. A lot of the same dudes, though. They didn't move on. It was that same group of guys. Like, T-Mac yeah. was around. Wesley mm-hmm. Walker, obviously, for two years. McCullough the whole time. Like, it was guys that were there for a while, and there you didn't have that turnover. Yeah. Now you just have fresh faces. I would just be very surprised, and this is how we can end it here, Eric. Which freshman of the 2023 class will end up playing the most in 2024? Because my gut says Boo slash Marcus Gorey would be my guess. Is that your pick, or do you think it's somebody else who ends up playing the most snaps right now as a freshman? I would say Boo because he'll, I think he'll be the returner no matter what. Yeah, I think he'll be the punt returner. I think he'll be a kick returner. And like you said, I think he's a guy that's going to be knocking on the door to play in the defensive secondary because I think he's a gamer, and I think that he's yeah. a guy that just has a nose for the football. And so, you know, we'll see. Um, I like Boo. It's so crowded a wide receiver right now. I'd love to say Mike Matthews. It's so crowded at Leo right now. I'd love to say Jordan Ross. Yeah. Um, but but it's again, it's how does he adapt to Rodney Garner's coaching? Um, will he have a small role like Caleb Herring had this year to where you're not redshirting, you're not one of the top two or three guys, but you do have a small little role. You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I'll say Boo. I think uh there's a lot of confidence in, in Boo Carter uh to be a guy that can play special teams and a guy that will be in the running to be one of those safeties or be that star if Jordan Thomas yeah. is out with injury or something. Cause I think there's some versatility to Boo's game and he's a gamer, man. You know, I covered and called a lot of his high school football games and uh, he's special. He's going to be fun to watch. Tennessee fans are going to love him. I love it. Eric, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at VolQuest.com and locked on balls this week? I've said it all week. I know it's annoying, but I'm going to say it again because I know I sound like trash right now. Typically, the voice is better. You might not like what I'm saying, but at least I sound better saying it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting over some sickness right now, but every single day over at Lockdown Vols, 30 minutes or less, and man, everything you want to know about Tennessee, recruiting, football, obviously, transfer portal, basketball, baseball, everything. It's at VolQuest.com. Come join the family at the General's Quarters. They'll welcome you. They'll compliment mm-hmm. you. Come on, check us out over at VolQuest.com. There you go. Subscribe today, ballquest.com and Locked On Balls, your daily home that I love listening to all things balls with you. Hey, Eric, thank you as always, my friend, and we'll have to do this again soon. Jace, as always, man, thanks so much. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
budget. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.